Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Fighting Cop Podcast, we welcome back Ricky and Spooky. We have a giveaway for the Spurs Legends print. Rickypedia makes a return. Manchester City is previewed. Windy drops the knowledge. And we answer your questions on the 1882 movement. We also find out who's the big dog on the Fighting Cop Podcast. No Flandern is blue and white. 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 Fuck off, you scum in red. Fuck off, you scum in red. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's episode 11, season 4 of the Fighting Cock podcast. I'd like to welcome Felonious Filth. Good evening. 
Ricky's back. Yeah, boy! And Spooky's oh, back. Oh! Ricky is... and Spooky on the same podcast. Wow. Right, we started the podcast with me, you, Jack, or to Trunk, Ricky, Dan. And, uh, and Dan. Uh, Polonius came in on episode six? I seven. Seven. Uh, but more or less, this is the original crew. Yeah, Feels four, good. This four is horsemen. The four horsemen. This is uh, of what remains of the fighting cock when we first started. This is it. So uh, the listeners are, sh- should be thankful. Very thankful. That, that we've come to that together. Strap on your seatbelts, you're going for a ride. <laughs> People have been moaning that you ain't been involved, Rick. Well, you know, family life and that. I know. And f- things to fix around my house and that. You fixed the uh, washing machine, is that right? I fixed the washing machine, tumble dryer and dishwasher. All plumbed? Yeah, mate. So you got a fully functioning household? <laughs> yeah. What do you do, Google everything or Google, Google the manual? Google and YouTube. That's it. It sorts you out. Right there. Good work. Uh, I want to thank everybody who voted for us in the Football Blogging Awards. Um, tons and tons of people did. I don't know if it's good enough yet to, to get us through to um, the next round. Apparently there's another round of voting, which is a bit frustrating because how often can you beg people for votes? Exactly. But, but we will be because we've done all the hard work to get through the first stage, providing that we have. Um, so we'll be asking once again to, for you to vote for us. But thanks so much for everyone who did. To be honest, it weren't much more than click on the link, so it's the least you can do. But still, it's appreciated. Yeah, it is. I'm saying it is. I don't really appreciate it unless we get get through to Manchester and we can go on a massive piss up in Manchester. That'd be amazing. Get some DMT in AT. Uh, a a a uh, speak. speak. Let's do it. Yeah. Ayahuasca DMT. Bit yeah. Of, bit of cap. And you're going to Peru. Curry Mile as well. Going to Peru in 2016. Uh, yeah, um, if I know we've done this before, but if the people that got in touch last time that have been out uh, to Peru to take uh, ayahuasca, and I know a few people got in touch about a year and a half ago, two years ago, sent me some information. I just if you can do that again, I just need a recommendation because it is difficult trying to work out. You're going out on your own. Well, I've got a mate who might go with me. I'll come with you. I'm not your mate or anything, but... I know, we're not, we're just, like, acquaintances, really. If there's Wi-Fi on a job, I'd even make a record the podcast there. Why do you, like, tripping? I've always said you ain't going if there's, unless there's Wi-Fi in a job. Well, you know, no... <laughs> <laughs> That's off the leaves. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, no, if you go, and I'll, I'll be up for it. I'll, yeah, I'll hopefully in things. 2016. Just got to work out, like, costs and all that kind of stuff. Every time we talk about drugs with you, I, I think about that article you wrote... For the next fanzine, which is coming out shortly, it'll be about about a month. We said month last week, but about a month from now. It's uh, detox, man. About you, you <laughs> I don't, we don't want to give away too much because that you know why would anyone buy the fanzine if we give away the the, the punchline? But you wrote an article about taking acid and going to Manchester City to watch mushroom, Spurs. Mushroom, a mushroom. Yeah. Sorry. What was it like? <laughs> no, that was that was epic, mate. Why did you do uh, it? Uh, because I was a fucking sad, lonely, pathetic person at the time that could only get high off Why not? Months. Why not? <laughs> should, be, should be the better question, to be fair. Look, everyone should experience football on the mushroom. Well, actually, no, you know what? Don't. Read the article. <laughs> <in it. laughs> You're better off not doing it. Don't do it. The best bit about the article was that you was talking about time displacement. Yeah. Uh, and not knowing whether it kicked off or it ended. Yeah. Or, or, or what the score was if it was half-time. When, when, when one of the things about mushrooms, obviously the best place to take it is indoors and, and not out in, in, in the open unless you really want a, like an, an adventure and a half. But I get time displacement when I'm indoors on my own. I don't know how long I've been on the mushroom for. I then start having a bad trip thinking I'm, I'm, I can't get out ever. I'm trapped <laughs> within the boundaries of the, of the trip for the rest of my life. 
But it was, um, yeah, it was a strange experience of the football because part of me was fighting it, trying to stay, retain some soberness, but it's an aggressive place. Do you know what I mean? You don't take a psychedelic and then stand around thousands of men who are screaming and singing and doing whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, well, if you want to know how that, that ends up, that story, then, uh, yeah, go on, uh, well, buy the, buy the fans. When it comes out. When it comes out. Uh, we've got loads of tickets left for 1882 for the game against Asteris Tripoli. Or Tripolis, as a T insists on calling it's it. It's a silent S. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I'm only joking. I <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so you can buy them. Uh, the, the tickets cost £25 there. We, I mean, lo- last week when recorded, we sold 10. Yeah. And now there's probably about 300, 400 been sold. There's still plenty of time to get involved. Um, still a decent number. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be great because it, it isn't flooded with people that don't know what 1882 is. And that's what happened against Forest. The, 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 the kind of the, the, the block was so packed with people, and a lot of them, it was evident when we were there that they weren't, you know, or, or didn't understand yeah, what the but, 882. But that's why it's been a little bit of a problem with the sort of dilution of you know people that just buy tickets there and haven't got a clue and yeah. don't want to sort of stand up and sing, which then causes all, all other kinds of problems. Well, this game would probably be the lowest turnout that's that there's been at White Hart Lane since mid-90s I'd imagine yeah. oh, I can't imagine there'd be a massive amount mm. of interest in this game and, and understandably to some degree because it is you know it's gone up in price £25 as opposed to £20 and you can understand why people will stay away um, but you shouldn't yeah, and, and if you want to go to the game and enjoy it like you haven't enjoyed any other game since you can remember then buy in Block 35 because it should be a, a great great laugh Um we're going to go on to 1882 in depth in the second half. We've got loads of people to, s- to send in questions and whatnot. What so, about the poster, though? Oh, the poster. The, so th- there was a guy who um, he, 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 he produced, a, pod- uh, about, produced a, a poster for the game we played against Sheriff a couple of years ago. It might have been last year, actually. Uh, and it's a wicked poster. It was really good. And it brought people to the block and got them involved in 1882 and all that was great. But we asked him to do it again for this one. And the, he kind of broke the mould a little bit. That this, yeah. this, this post is superb. And we, a lot of people have been complaining about the... Well, not a lot of people, but a few have been complaining about the tone of the poster. Like the Russian propaganda, yeah. Russian propaganda. It's a bit Stalinist and a little bit left-wing and communist and stuff. But it, I, we get that, and that's not the point of what we're trying to do. But Must th- contain myself not to say anything. But there is, there is a, the kind of... The, the, there's a link between mobilising the, the, the common man and... Doing something like 1882, it's not it's a poster. There's no propaganda behind it or political message. No, but the, the, the idea behind the poster was in line with what that originally there was. There is a link. Russia. There is a link, and I understand that. And and everything about Stalin, most things about Stalin was fucking horrible. So if you buy any chips, remember to share them between everybody that's in the block. Yeah, <laughs> but it's about getting behind your team. And... <laughs> 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 we want to thank uh, Pixel Chap for, for coming up with that. Follow him on, on Twitter. It's at Pixel Champ, P-I-X-E-L Chap. I said Champ about three times. Did, Chap. Yeah. Pixel Chap. Uh, he did a great, great job. And, you know, follow him. Get him to, you know, commission him to do some stuff for you because he's, he's a very good designer and a great illustri- illustrator as well. But we also um, did some high-resolution versions as well for people to, um, to download too. So um, Yeah, a lot of people are asking how they could... 
produce a poster of it or whether we're going to sell the poster and that's not something we'd ever do you know we'd never make money off of 1882 because that's not a point of it but we've put, produced the high res version of the the poster so if you want to download it you can it's for free on our website fightingcock.co.uk if you do print it out and do frame it and stick it up on your wall send us an image we'd love to see it it'd be amazing all right uh, we also we've got a competition you, yeah. got the, you got the question for the competition team. It's, it's in there, is it? It is. Oh, you read it out. This is a bit one burgundy, isn't it? Right, we're in order, and you know. I don't read it. He's meant to read what I say. <laughs> I'm directing him. Cool. Well, anyway, we're giving away one Spurs legend print by Hawley Inc. And basically, the question, or what we'd like you to give in, is um, the best original song for a player in our current squad will win the print. Audio would be nice, but not mandatory. As long as there's enough detail so we know the tune. So, um,. If you just send in a song about a current player, preferably an original song, yeah. and the best one will win the print. And the likelihood is we'll, we'll record it, and if it is an audio version and it's good, we'll play it on the pod, obviously, yeah. but if we'll sing it, if not, and if it's great, then uh, it might end up on the terraces. Is there any, any, anywhere, do they just need to look at his Twitter handle to see the, uh, like, uh, the print visual, visually? Yeah, you can. Sorry. Yeah, the Twitter, Twitter handle is at Hallyink or Hallyink H A L L Y I N K. It's on there. He said they've been flying out. Actually, the Spurs ones. So did um, they make a limited amount? Yeah, there's between. Was it fifty? It was fifty, I think. Yeah, it's a limited run. Oh, limited um, edition. Yeah, Rings but these. also you'd send in the audio to. Um, is it email at thefightingcock.co.uk? No, it's uh, editor at thefightingcock.co.uk. So send it in. Well, we'll play all of them, all the yeah. decent ones that we get sent in. But we'll pick a winner on the podcast next week. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and buy you know buy his prints. They're, they're wicked. Uh, he's doing something for the Fighting Cock fanzine as well. He's doing a, a, a version that he's not going to sell of, uh, of Paul Gascoigne for Bardi's article about Gaza. Oh, sweet! It's a great article as well. It brought a tear to my eye when I read it. It's fantastic. Which eye? Uh, my left eye. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't get it. What? Let's move on. Oh, the Japs eye. We're so mature. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Shit. I made a right poo of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A massive thank you to Alan McDermott who uh, sent in a a sizable, generous donation to to, to the Fighting Coggers. I mean, it's overwhelming. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. 50s. We haven't done that for a while, haven't we? It's been a while, yeah. Tell, tell you what we haven't done for a while. Wikipedia. So why don't we just go into it right now? Let's do it. Extract of Manchester City's Wikipedia page. After losing the 1981 FA Cup final, the club went through a period of decline, culminating in relegation to the third tier of English football for own for the only time in their history in 1998. So I know that you know. Ricky, 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 can't you see? You made your dribble <laughs> fucked up City. And we just love your solo goal. We all know City are just pussy. Oh! oh! <laughs> Ricky, 
Your knowledge astounds me. Ricky, thank you very much for that, mate. That was well, Tubesy. Yeah. It was a little bit like uh, Soccer AM. Tubes! That's right, that's right. It's the best bit about it. Yeah, it is the best bit about it. There's not much great about Soccer AM. No, yeah. there's not. But the thing is, when people watch it now, to it, it, we've all grown up now. Yeah. So all that stuff is just like... Dare I say that uh, lo- when, when Lovejoy left, that's when uh, Soccer AM started... Falling <laughs> 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 down. Don't know. No, I think it's we grew up. We grew up. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to Manchester City. Boom. We've got the big one. It's our first proper big game this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Arsenal wasn't that big. That no, didn't count. No. Uh, but a, a big one up there. How, how do you feel yeah. with do up there? It's uh, kind of... Oh God, you don't... It's one of the ones you think that we can write it off now. It's kind of relaxed. You can go there and you, you think, well, let's just go and watch Spurs play as long as it don't end up like it did last year where we got smashed 5-0 and we're down in... 30 seconds to a goal and that kind of thing. The thing you need to ask is which Manchester City is going to turn up because they've struggled a couple of times at home this season. You're talking about the game against uh, Stoke, Stoke, I think, yeah. Yeah, where they had 73% possession. But then that's the kind of way we've got to go out in it. I mean, I wouldn't want us to go out and just open up and, and, and try and beat them at their own game. I know the default setting would be for us to attack but perhaps contain them and and try and break away in the same way that West Brom and uh, Southampton did against Spurs at White Lane. I mean, uh, the game against uh, Arsenal, we knew they were going to have a lot of possession, so it's, so it's how you set up. I mean, are, are you going to go kind of like for like in there and try, tr- you try and take all the possession, or are you going to play counter-attacking football? And I think we, as a unit, um, were so up for the game that we kind of held it together and we, we played as a team, as a unit. It was a plan, and worked, wasn't it? And worked for each other. And I think against Man City, if we can build on that on the game against Arsenal and have that same mentality, um, sticking together, playing yeah. for each other, you know, everyone working as one, then, I, you know, not saying that, you know, we could nick it or anything, but it's going to be less embarrassing <laughs> than what we've had yeah, before. Without that, because it was, a, it was against Arsenal, it was a disciplined performance, and one of the things that everyone was worried about in the build-up to it was that if we played the way we were playing in the build-up to that game, we were going to lose, because obviously, worst-case scenario goes through your head, you, you, you always think that Arsenal are going to turn it on at home, and us being shambolic at the back and, th- and having no midfield, we're going to capitulate, we're going to do what we usually do there. But we went there, and they got they didn't play ex- they didn't play well, they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't do anything that got us worried. And we contained them for the most part, and to be honest with you, we kind of gifted them that that, that equaliser. So you, you, you actually came away thinking, that's a bit disappointing, based on the context of the game, his plan worked. And our, our coach actually proved that you, you can actually look at a game and say, you know what, this is how we're going to line up, this is what we're going to do to get through it. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with Ricky. Of course you do. Without a doubt, man, he's back and he's already smashing it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were doing? Um, just pretty much what everyone else is that I think you need to realise we're not going to get a lot of the possession in this game. So you need to try and play without the ball. And when we get our chances, we've got to take them. Against, um, as I said, against Arsenal... I think a lot of people will see parallels between this game and the Arsenal game. And I think we can get some kind of result, but we're going to have to be very, very tight, very, very compact. And we may see Mason dropped for Stambouli to give that protection for our back four. I don't think that would be a bad idea, actually. As much as Mason has done well when he's come in, Stambouli obviously has a... Bit more experience and he's ability got, to, got tenacity though. Yeah, he's, he's a, got a natural, aggressive, ab- isn't he? A natural ability to win the in ball, a good way. and and so does Kapu. 
it would make complete sense for them to to play in this, uh, you know, defence. Try and field. bully them in midfield because what else are we going to do? Qu- man for man, quality wise, it's, you can't compare. Well, us. you look at Yaya Toure in midfield. He's going to pin a shade at midfield, isn't he? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he'll dictate. <laughs> Um, with Stambouli, I know we're all saying yeah that that would be our preferred choice, but um, with uh, in the Premier League and substitutions go, Dembele's often come in yeah. to, to fill that kind of protective role um, and to kind of add a bit of a attacking power there too. So I, I, Stambouli starting, I don't see it happening. I'd rather Stambouli start than Dembele. I think Dembele just doesn't move the ball quickly enough. And I think it's one of those where when we have the ball, we've really got to use it well and use it wisely. And I think with Dembele, he'll get caught in possession because he'll have, he'll have the midfielder snapping at his ankles and the rest of the could be given. He'll be afforded the time to do what he normally does on the ball. But, but, sorry, but based on what we've seen so far, <clears throat> I can see Dembele starting over Stambouli because he has played thus far. It's going to be what, another one. You know when you're waiting for the team sheets to come out yeah. and it comes out and you think, why is he starting? Like that happens. Every it seems game. to happen. Well, more or less every game. But certain, certainly, the last three or four managers we've had, there's been times where the selections have been so crazy. And Dembele starting against Sunderland was a big one, and he he done well. Yeah. And then you say he should start in the next game against West Brom. And he was awful. So, do you remember O'Hara against Arsenal away? Yeah, all those years ago. That, yeah. that, that was a bit of an eye, eye raiser. With Bentaleb at Arsenal. Was it? No. I think it was, uh, was January, yeah, the FA Cup game, yeah. Yeah, and that, that was an eye raiser. Yeah. Eyebrow. Eyebrow raiser, sorry. Eyebrow. <laughs> I got it. Um, yeah, what about our, our forward line? Because that, that's where this game's going to be won for us, how, how quickly we can break. I saw enough in the game against Southampton where we got the ball deep uh, with Ericsson or Lamella and, and we played well, in, into space with speed. I think our counter-attacking football's going to be... We, we saw that at Emirates yeah. as well, really, and it was just like... Untidy last touch, um, not enough weight behind a threaded ball, and it, it kind of collapsed when it got into the final third. If we sharpen up a little bit, you know, we need to be ruthless. I mean, how many years have we, have we been saying that? We never really see our players be absolute cunts in front of the opposition goal. They just don't. They don't look up and think I'm going to fuck you up and bury the ball. It's all very apologetic and all, all, almost like, oh, well, you know, he's putting a bit of effort into it. He's got the your touch. He all looks nice. Doesn't mean nothing. You know, it's just all that build-up play for nothing. No, I completely agree with you, Speak, that <clears throat> in the final third, there's got to be that sense of purpose when you're playing the ball. Like, you know where you're playing it, but it's kind of like it's a bit of a weak pass and it just kind of breaks down and... You know, could have done this, but it just wasn't done with that purpose. The directness that you need to be so sharp, controllable, and then and then hit it because that's the see, only I, time you're going to have. See, I've been, I've been, I've kind of got a bad habit with trying to be rational, and I keep saying like oh, the system and the players they got to get used to the new manager, and and you know what? To a degree, that 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 is true, but. If you've got players, and football's a simple game when you really think about it, when you really break it down, if you've got players playing in positions where they're running into space and they're looking around to their teammates and they've had a fair amount of weeks to get used to each other on the training pitch, you think by now you have to start seeing some kind of connection. And I guess the only the only thing to counter that, to go back to why I probably rationalise, is that Poch does rotate a bit. And sometimes you feel that the connection between certain key players isn't quite there. And maybe that's why it's not perfect yet. And maybe, again, we come back to this thing where we have to wait another five months to see Tottenham at its best, which means on to next season. 
which is like our he's had an unchanged, he's had an unchanged team two games in a row so there is some consistency growing there and we might two games well yeah two with Arsenal and Southampton well if he if he if he plays the same front three four again then then fair enough then we might start seeing something. Chadley was injured he's not in the uh, Belgium side tonight. Yeah, I don't know how serious the injury is. Um Lois had a groin injury as well last week. Don't know if he played for France. The games there are some, yeah. There are some this week, yeah. What was you say, Rick? Uh leading on back to what you were saying, Spook, about the kind of um you know what, I don't even know if you were saying this because I've just lost track now. Fucking. Uh, the chemistry between yeah. players and stuff. Yeah. So were you kind of alluding to that uh, Lamella, Chadley, Eriksson don't have that chemistry with, say, Adibayor? Or if you played Soldado, there's more of a chemistry, more of an understanding, more knowing where to run See, into, I, into space I, and mm. or I, playing ball into feet or because... What are you saying that you disagree with that? Or? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I, I could possibly agree with that. I mean, um, See, I don't, maybe we're flawed, mate. Maybe we've got the wrong players. Maybe Adi Bayor's fan, a fantastic play if he's got certain players playing behind him, like Adi Bayor with someone like Van der Vaart. Yeah, I was just thinking behind, that. behind him. It works. I mean, those two were were, were great together when it, when it worked well. They were. Did they, they, they play together? I'm sure, they did. I oh, can't be imagining. I, or maybe I'm remembering pockets of European games where. He supported Adibayor in, in the penalty box. I think Adibayor is great when you play the ball to his feet, and then all that, and then he gets on the end of kind yeah. of like a, a ball that's coming across the six-yard line. But then when you're playing it into like clever passes, if Ericsson Lamella were to produce that, then maybe I, that's why I think that's why I think Soldado would actually do better in that, those instances. Is in, certainly when you're trying to play like triangles in the, uh, you know, as we go towards goal. You need somebody yeah. neat and tidy, and his ability to lay off passes, Soldado is fantastic. He's actually got a good—he's got a good footballing brain. See, I think uh, Adi is a little bit more direct kind of, and like he, he, he's, he goes out the channel, supports, drops back. But just then, his ability to pull off passes is, is yeah. okay, yeah. not <laughs> just on a basic, basic level. It, 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 passes or controlling? Well, yeah, well, they go hand in hand. I guess <laughs> yeah, controllable first. Yeah, his first touch is horrible. But someone uh, tweeted us said, "What's uh, what's worse, Paulinho's first touch or his second touch?" <laughs> <laughs> second touch is a tackle, isn't it? <laughs> the second touch is a tackle. Yeah, that's fucking. I've got, I'm sorry, I've forgotten who said that. In. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was funny. But yeah, I guess you, you need that. You need those places to connect and and to, the, to be there a fluid understanding. And at the same time, you could argue that it's potentially already there if you look at the quality of the players that we've got but they're not playing well enough when they're in the game. Like, for example, we're still waiting for Eric Lamella to really take a game, not against QPR, but take a game against an opposing side and and say, and just announce his arrival and say, I can do it. Mm. Because he, I know, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it only takes a moment and then it kind of changes everything because there's this birth of momentum or spark of something that kind of elevates the guy's confidence and everyone yeah. do you know what I mean it's just it could be a game where you're 2-0 down and you win it 3-2 and he scores twice to give you and you know Bell done it so many times last season he, he created a monster out in, of it in the first season or season before in the first season you were talking about uh, how Bell should be given time to just express himself yeah and that was what three, four years four years ago well, yeah three, three and a half Years ago, and um, and and at the time I was thinking, well, because he, he was at, he was at that stage in the kind of way that Andrus Townsend is, where he's been asked to go and be direct and, and shoot a goal, but obviously Bow was a lot you know, better, a lot better, yeah. because he's a 
you know, he's a phenom. He's a, a rare, rare player that we probably won't see again. But you, you said give him time. Allow him to become the player that he wants to be. Allow him to make mistakes. And maybe that's what Lamella should be allowed to do. I'm not saying that Lamella is the talent that Bale is. He obviously isn't because of the influence that Bale had on the team yeah. the minute he came in, yeah. in that second spell when he was cured of injury. Um, but just allow Lamella to make mistakes. Allow him to be expressive. Allow him to do that. Oh, yeah, of- I'm not, pre- not pressurising. I said at the beginning of the season, I've got no expectations other than hoping that Spurs can play football again that you kind of watch and you think it has been entertaining yeah, hasn't no, it? it has and it, and, it, and it will get there and there's probably a lot that the manager needs to work through and and he's probably making a few notes on, on players that need to be like pushed out of the club and, and new ones that need to arrive for it to all kind of piece together it's it's how we react as a fan base I guess whether we we, we give him time and we don't do what we can do and that's kind of let depression fester and <laughs> consume everything and destroy everything I mean with Lamella the, there is this time factor like you're saying but then there is an expectation I mean the, the guy costs 30 million and you expect a 30 million pound player to be playing better or produce <coughs> something or give something more than he already has and I'm I'm probably out of turn saying this but when one of uh, like Messi or Higuain for Argentina come out Lamella goes in and it's kind of like if you've got those kind of players and this player stepping in, then they, they they have to have something of those attributes that that are going to go on and do something. Yeah. So there is that of giving them time, but then there is that he cost us thirty million and he isn't tearing Arsenal, United, and Liverpool to shreds. So. You've got to get rid of that kind of that, that, the way. I, feel. I know, I know yeah, yeah. fans do think that way. And yeah. They think thirty million, and if it isn't Spurs fans, then it's everybody else's fans, and it's the media. He's a thirty million pound player. Well, they called him a flop last season. He hardly played because of injuries. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole team was a flop. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, don't don't think of Lamella as a thirty million pound player. Think of him as, as a twenty-two year old. Uh, excellent prospect who's starting each week in our team get behind him and see what he can do because there is some magic there definitely I think you can he's the kind of player you see in as Bale has grown and I'm not comparing I've mentioned him and Bale twice now already but I'm not comparing but as Bale's grown into a man a fully fledged man he's become unstoppable and there will be a similar trajectory for for, for Lamella not yeah. that he will reach Bale's level but as he becomes a man, as he becomes developed, he'll be able to hold people off. He'll be able to run with the ball in the way that, he, in his mind, he can do already. And I think we've got a special player there. We've just got to give him time and allow him to, as I say, become the player he wants to be. The thing with Gareth Bale is that early on, when he was at left back, then got moved to the left wing. He was influencing games a lot more. He was involved in the game a lot more. For example. Portsmouth semi-final at Wembley, best player in the pitch by a mile. Yeah, shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been in a losing side, but he was. Then now he, he's hardly in the game. He just does one moment of brilliance, and that's it. So we against West Brom away when we won one 0 He didn't have a great game. Scores a winner. So yeah. do you remember Southampton, yeah. Sunderland, yep. Newcastle, two goals, win two one. Mm. Wasn't even in the game. Someone like Lamella he has to be on the ball a lot more for him to make an impact. I can't see Lamella being someone who just has one touch a game and smashed it in the top Bell corner. almost benefited from the position he was in because he was on the left side, left-hand side of midfield yeah. from left-back but also to, to left-hand side of midfield. He he could he was in a position where the only thing that 
the only job he had really was to get down that byline and cross into Crouch or what would be Adi Bayor. Well, for a while, yeah, that, that was his job. But then and he'd done it amazingly. And then AVB turned him into something else, which is what he is today. Even that, but uh, even that Real Madrid, they're saying, well, you know, why doesn't he do more in the game? He just one moment of brilliance and he'll win the game. To be fair to Redknapp, I think he he's he's the one that really turned him into that kind of. Yeah. Attacking force. No, of course, but then AVB turned him into a player who scores twenty yes. goals a season. Yeah, so yeah. just quickly, was it? Was it? I, I, I did get it wrong, didn't I? It was Crouch, Crouch and Van, and, and Van der Vaart, yeah. not Adi Bayo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, drugs. <laughs> Time displacement. Yeah. <laughs> I, just wa- <laughs> I just want to appeal to any Spurs fan listening to this. Please, 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 don't judge a Mella. On his haircut. Oh, it's <laughs> We've all been 22 around that age and yeah, we've all yeah. had fucked up haircuts, man. Just leave it. The, the most disturbing thing <laughs> is when you see fat, ugly people with their haircuts. <laughs> so I'm offending anyone, but. Or fat and fo- ugly people. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Footballers get their haircut for a reason. They're, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're generally fit <laughs> and, they, you know, and it suits them. But you get some, like, you know, some, some mortal with their haircut. If it can just don't do it, mate. Turn just, it in. just turn it in. No. I remember when I was a kid, I went to a school that was... I, I was basically one... I, I was the only white person in my class. <laughs> and the rest were mainly black or Asian. And they all had the most amazing, intricate hair, hairstyles. A lot of, lot of night tips, to be fair. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> And you know, you know the white kid in that school that tries to pull off one of those haircuts? Yep. Yeah, that weren't me. <laughs> <laughs> only joking, I thought about it a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a palm tree in the back of my head. Oh, shit the bed. Fuck you did not. Really? <laughs> Ireland. I look like a palm tree. That's my patterns, man. <laughs> look, look fucking quality. I love it. I bet it did. Have you got any photos? <laughs> I've got a picture of that haircut, no. Sorry. Have you got any of those type of haircuts? I've got a picture of me like a Bobby Brown type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Instagram that. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, should we do some <laughs> predictions for City? 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I'd say 2-2. 3-3. 3-3. Two, two. Three, three. Three, three. One zero. I'm gonna go three two Spurs. Oh! I'm gonna tur- turn it on the axis. Yeah, so, so Aguero misses from a yard out. We go up the other end. We get a penalty, and I don't know. I Some, don't know someone stamps on Zabaleta's head. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be beautiful. All right, now we've got Windy. Yeah. Windy, back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you. I got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with loan players, long-term listener and thoroughly lovely chap Ollie Connors has asked that I add some fan opinions to my updates, so this week I've done some research. First up, Grant Ward was an 83rd minute sub as Chicago Fire lost 2-0 at Sporting Kansas City. Comments on their fan forum range from he's shown some promise to good, good value, flashes in pre-season but nothing special. Kenny McAvoy was an 82nd minute sub for Peterborough. They won 4-1 at Crawley on Saturday. He was also a second half sub for the Republic of Ireland under 21 as they lost 4-1 in Norway on Thursday night. The opinions on the poshforum.co.uk are not exactly glowing with one poster saying he really needs to go back to Tottenham. He may look like Bale but he's not fit to tie his boots and giving him 3 out of 10 for his performance against Yeovil. Shaq Coulthurst was taken off at half time as Southend lost 2-0 at Luton on Saturday. I've not been able to find too many opinions on him, but I'll try and update further next week. Ben Thornton on Twitter, who's a Spurs season ticket holder who also watches Southend, said he's looking good and shows plenty of strength. 
Jordan Archer played Northampton Sound's 2-1 Football League trophy win at Portsmouth on Tuesday, as well as Saturday's 2-1 home defeat to Burton. Having read a Northampton Town forum, it seems that Archer is slowly winning fans over after a less than impressive start there. Thomas Lavgamelt was an unused sub for Bari in Serie B again. He's yet to play a single minute for them, but has turned out for their youth team. Incidentally, Soli Koulibaly, who joined Bari permanently in the summer, has been sent on loan to an Italian third-tier side. On searching some Middlesbrough forums for Ryan Fredericks, I found plenty of positives. One poster said, Fredericks has looked the real deal, and another says, Fredericks and Kike in particular have been great. On Grant Hall, the majority of Birmingham fans seem relatively impressed and want him brought back into their team at the expense of Paul Robinson. He was playing regularly, but after an injury, he struggled to get back into the first team. Alex Pritchard at Brentford. I spoke to a good friend who's a Brentford season ticket holder who reports that whilst Pritchard's done well, he does tend to go missing for periods and needs to add consistencies to his game. Tom Carroll and Harry Kane both played for the under-21s versus Croatia. Harry scored an excellent equaliser with a stooping header at the near post. I only saw the second half of the game, but Carroll struggled to impose himself and his passing wasn't its usual accurate self. Spurs and under-21 side are on BT Sport on Tuesday night against Norwich. I'd expect to see a pretty young team, although Harry Winks is away with the England under-19s and Cameron Carter-Vickers is with the US under-23s. Our under-18 side suffered a 5-1 pasting at home to Brighton on Saturday. With Carter-Vickers away and Magoma being saved under-21 match, it was a pretty patched-up side, including two midfielders playing at centre-back. Shane Harrison scored our goal, and the positive from the game was that highly-rated 15-year-old Marcus Edwards came off the bench to make his debut at this level. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Leave it, Windy! Windy, leave it! Fuck's sake, Windy! Come On You Spurs. Thank you very much, Windy. Thanks, Windy. Cheers, Wind. Well, right. well done last week, by the way. A lot of people are giving him props for his comments about the LGBT flag. Yeah, so. he, did, he did well. Did really well. So big up. Big up, Wendy. Okay, so we're going to talk about 1882. Um, Obviously, we've talked about 1882 every week, pretty much, but we're not going to say how great it is or or how much we love it or how much you should come to Asteris or Asteris or whatever they're called. Still tickets available, by the way. Yeah, still (laughs) tickets are available. Um, But we've we've basically put out a question, uh, a request today for questions, and we were inundated. So instead of writing a kind of series of subjects that we should talk about when talking about 1882 we thought we'd just answer the questions that have been sent in um so uh, we'll start with arif um arif underscore thfc who's been a big fan of the podcast and has come to 1882 as i met him he's a lovely guy he says should we have more of the european ultras feel with the master assembly uh, ceremonies dictating the chant so there's a guy in front of them uh, like a capo, yeah, like a capo in in Italy. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm saying no to. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because compare English culture football fans to the Europeans. When you see those videos of, of ten thousand people in a stand and they're all doing the exact same thing, they're all singing the exact same thing, they're all in unison. We don't have that kind of commitment on the football pitch. Half half are in the box pissing on their shoes. The rest are getting beer. The rest are in the in the stand, telling the people in front of them to put the flag down because they can't see. It, even even when it's an eighteen eighty two thing, it, you you don't get that kind of uniformed 
yeah, togetherness. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. it's just not the way. It's not the way we are. It's it, not normal for English football. No, it, it, it's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way we do it over here. We just ha- we just enjoy it in a different way. It's a bit more chaotic, to be honest with you, compared to the, the continentals. I'm going to disagree with both of you and say yes. Oh. Because you've got to start somewhere, and you've got to, you've got to have that focal point. You've got to get someone ke- keep going, keep going, and keep going, and keep going, and keep going, and well, keep fucking. To be fair, he does he does that without without you being like a, a master ceremony. You're a twat, but you're not a master. What, s- sitting on the last no, row. No, no, no. But he's in the middle of it, and he, he, you're always the one that maybe starts off a particular song. So in an unofficial capacity, you're kind of leading the way. I, I am losing the, your voice after five minutes. I am the head of Tottenham support. Or I think we've everyone's established that and everyone accepts that. On Twitter. I wanna, I wanna Bigger see, than Gandhi. Uh, I want to see Flav on the top of a cherry picker, right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> get a crane in and fucking get him going. I th- I, go on, T. I think with something like this, you'll need everyone to to believe in what you're doing for it to work and like 1882 well with we'll start charts and some of them just die out and then another, another chart die. I mean I, I don't want to say it's the English way but I just think something like that I just don't think it'll I just don't think it'll work I, think, I would like it to I think the criticism that we've had for, for the 1882 and there's another question about criticism so we won't go into this too much is, is that we're trying to recreate something that is happening in Europe or Eastern Europe especially and that isn't what we're trying to do it's just that Trying to organise support and get like-minded people to sit together is always going to attract that kind of criticism or attention. Um, to have an actual capo at the front... I, to be honest, I don't have an issue with it. If someone wanted to do that at Spurs and it worked, I wouldn't have a problem. I'll tell you how it would work. Yeah. If, if, if there's dads out there with like a, a five, six-year-old, seven-year-old kid, eight-year-old kid... And get him to do it. I mean, how, right. how amazing would the kid feel? That you know, there's there's a brilliant video of uh, Celtic. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking and, of. And uh, Feyenoord, Feyenoord or PSV. Yeah, one of the two, and it's fucking awesome. There's this there's this song that I want to I want to get started at Spurs, which is the uh, Celtic one, and it go it goes Celtic, and then all the other fans go Celtic, 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 and they go. Glasgow is green and white. Glasgow is green and white. And imagine that at Spurs. That would like be a amazing. response. Oh, yeah, like. Oh, it's... No, that, that was a drum. Ream, ream. That was a drum. Pinching his helmet. North yeah. London yeah. is blue and white. North London is blue and white. That was fucking. That would be so good. Um, you never know. Maybe we may start that. We've got, um, we've got the drum coming back for the first game in. Maybe five, five six, six years. years yeah. um, Fucking hell, that long. Yeah, we should have mentioned this at the beginning, but the the trust. Actually, we say the trust. It's mainly Cat, uh, who is I think she's co-chairman of the trust. But forgive me if that's incorrect, Cat. Um, she's been campaigning and working with the club in order to get the the drum introduced. They did a uh, survey to find out if there is interest for the drum to come back, and I think. It was, it was quite unanimous that people wanted it back. So for this game against Asteras, there is uh, the drum there, and it may be that we work that chant into it. What one of the provisos that the club have put on on the drum coming back is that they don't, it doesn't um, instigate the Yids chant. While we should be allowed to chant Yids if we want to, you know, the court case has been and gone, and there's no issue with it. 
I think the club is still sensitive to it and I can understand why they are sensitive to it. They didn't respond or didn't help us when we were being attacked from all angles with regards to the Yid word, the Yid word, the Y word. Um, so I can understand where they're coming from. But anyway, the, the, the result of it is is that we can't use the drum to insinuate or create the Yid chant. I just keep thinking, North London is blue and white. North London is blue and white. Oh. North London is blue and white. <laughs> it goes. makes so good. <laughs> Fuck go. off, you scumming red. Oh, you scumming red. North London is blue and white. North London is blue and white. Oh, fuck it. Let's do it. Fucking, I'm going to start it. That's the rest. I'm going to start that see what happens. Yep. Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. No Flandern is blue and white. 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 Fuck off, you scumming red. Fuck off, you scumming red. Yes, lads, get in there. That's got to happen, definitely. But the answer to the question, I don't think Capos would work. All right, let's move on. Do you think? The club should help promote 1882 more and recognise what you guys are doing for Spurs. Keep up the good work. That's from at Coolard22. Um, go on, T. I think the only way 1882 work is if the club is if, we, if the club works in, works in um, tandem with us and, and vice versa. That's the only way it's really, really going to work. They, we, they do that can, now. Um, for the most part, but they were, for example, they sold tickets in 35 without really telling us, and then we found out late on. So with Nottingham Forest, for example, we found out in the 11th hour that that was on the sale, and then it, was, then it was sparse, and then it didn't work, and then we even getting people on our forum saying, well, what's the point of 882? It's a bit like 118118, it's a bit, it's a bit naff. Mm. When, you know, it wasn't really our fault, it was mitigating circumstances. So what we want is a club to avoid this happening again, and the club to keep us in the, well, keep... You know, flavoring us in the loop. I think whether, um, these, whether these things happen. I think the problem with the Forest game was that the 35 came on sale yeah. very close to when the actual game happened, and we were talking to the club about how to avoid Nottingham Forest happening again because you see 35 become available and you think, God, we've got to take advantage of it. There's a whole block there. 35 is people know that 1882 sit there, and it was just like well, we have to take advantage of it, and then. It, it didn't work when we got there. It was, it was, it was kind of insipid. The atmosphere it was. It was there was maybe a hundred, but they were kind of spread out amongst the block, and it was all down to the fact that we didn't have three or four weeks before it went on sale to promote the fact that eighteen eighty two were going to sit there or be there. And if we did, then everyone would know to buy their t- buy their tickets on the day of the sale. The club are in a difficult situation because they have to. They can't release the block until. They hear from Forrest 100% or from whatever team is going to take that block that they don't need the tickets. And the space between when they find out and when the tickets go on sale is obviously inevitably quite a short amount of time. Um, so, like I've said on the pod, it's, we're in an unen- this season we've been in an unenviable position for, for, for us because most of the team, away teams coming to us in the cup games are likely to have either a big expat community or a passionate support that would take the tickets and unlike last season when that wasn't the case at all under any game it was just that that's what's made it made it difficult but to answer the question the club are supportive they have helped us whenever we've 
requested something, they've done their best to accommodate what 1882 is about. And that's in, 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 in the face of criticism coming in. I mean, we know that of, of emails that have gone to the club complaining about um, what 1882 is about, the kind of songs that we sing, um, and the, the content of this podcast, actually. So the club are doing a good job. Um, we need to find a workaround in, in the coming seasons about where we're going to be when uh, you know a, a team comes to Tottenham and they want to take Block 35 because we need to find a workaround. We can't. It, it's really frustrating to try and set up and, and drive this movement when you know it's going to be so difficult just to get in the game, especially when there's there's so many seats available. And that's why Block J last season and the season before it was so perfect because we knew it wouldn't sell out. We knew we could take as many tickets as we, as we want, but because of the safety regulations, it was impossible for us to sit up there this season. That's pretty much summed up the answer. But the yeah. club, <laughs> the, 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 the club are, are helpful, and they are they are working with us, and, and they have been um, understand. No, they, they've been uh, they, they've recognised the the input that eighteen eighty two has, especially in European games, and that's at board level as well, with Donna Cullen and even Daniel Levy. Can you believe? Okay, um, the next question was from Nick Sharp on Facebook. He says, when you get constant criticism from people who don't really understand what 1882 is about, do you think about giving up or has it galvanised you? Well, this season, or this season of last one, has been, been, a bit, been a bit of a funny one, really, because in the first half of the season, you have the group games in the Europa League and the Capital One Cup, and that's easy pickings for 1882. In the second half... You don't really get many games where you can really do it. Maybe the FA Cup. Mm. So last season, for example, Benfica, we didn't have um, N82 for that. So it did lose a bit of momentum. But then the, the youth games was the intention for 1882 Tottenham Holtz in the first place. And then these days you're getting like 50 people there. So you do feel like, you do kind of feel like, what's the point? But then you kind of have a good night where, you know, there's a good turn and everyone sings and you feel, and you do feel galvanised again. But it it has evolved a little bit to a point where it's not just youth games. Um, yeah, no, it's not. <clears throat> um, I, I, th- there has been times when I've we, we've we played, you know, like the Neat Pro, Sheriff, uh, Hull last last year, and, and, and Maribor before that, and you kind of look at Twitter afterwards, and there's been like eighty, ninety percent of the the comments coming into the Love the Shirt yeah. Twitter account have been really positive. And it and it makes you feel good. It does naturally. You know. You know. You think. Oh well, we're doing something. We're doing something positive for for for, for Tottenham and and also just for the fans as well. And then you get a few that are quite detrimental in their opinion of, of what eighteen eighty two is about. And it is the element of it is about them not understanding what eighteen eighty two is. But also, it's the criticism that hurts the most is to say that it's kind of a bit. It's constructed. It's fake. It, the atmosphere isn't real, and when you hear that, you think that 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 does hit me quite hard because I just think that it's not manufactured. It's it's just getting people that want to celebrate Tottenham and, and want to um, sing at football and, and want to get vocally behind behind the team. And when someone clearly doesn't understand that that's the case, it's almost like, well, what are we doing? If there's fans inside that stadium that haven't enjoyed a vocal atmosphere would actually rather just sit in silence. You think, well, what are we doing? Well, the status quo is fuck all, so, you know. Mm. For me, like, <clears throat> 1882 
whether it's 1882 or something completely different, it like harnesses all this discontent for modern football and for the diluted atmosphere and being told what to do, when to do it and stuff. And it's just kind of being with people that are like-minded and wanting to, wanting to sing for, for Spurs and not getting bogged down with all the other shit that goes around it and, you know, just, just being there for your team and expressing yourself and going to the football and, and singing. And it's, you know, whether it's 1882 or, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of this call to arms and it's this 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 thing that that's there for, for people to see that, you know, we're not happy and, you know, we're not happy but we're not going to fucking lay down and take it. We're, you know, we want to try and do something positive. Yeah. We want to do something about it and, like, if people want to knock that, then that's fair enough. That That's their opinion but this is the way that I and other people feel about football and what they want to do, and this is how we're going to do it. I just think there's nothing to knock. I just, I mean, if, if you're going to go to a football match and you're going to find criticism in supporters that want to group together and sing, and you see it as some kind of uh, entity that, that goes against a, a natural atmosphere, well, like, hello, lads, but when have we had, like, an atmosphere that has been, that has, that has kind of vibrate across the entire stadium and, and the whole place has been pumping with with some sexual England. references here so I'll <laughs> avoid it. But the point being is exactly I mean you know if you if you that that the football really pushed the supporters into into giving something back in that season for obvious reasons. It, you know it is important what happens out on the pitch. I, yeah, I, I do agree I do agree with that principle. But generally speaking, if you're scattered uh, across the stadium and you might go to the football with your mates and have a drink with them but they might be in the shelf and you might be in the part of the lane or you might be separated why would you not want to group up and, and be in the same boat with your mates and know that they can stand stand up and sing <coughs> whereas you could be somewhere else in, in, the, in the stadium stand up and sing and get shouted down by people mm. that just want to sit there as does happen now, now, which I'm not criticising the people that want to go there and sit there if that's what they want to do but they have absolutely no right I don't give a shit anymore they don't have any fucking right to say I don't like what they're doing over there I don't like the song you don't like the songs we're singing we're talking fucking football songs for fuck's sake yeah. at, at least they're singing something you know and, and, the, and for me the best thing that you get to see when you go when you go to 1882 is kids you've spoken about it a lot Flam mm. The, the look of the kids, <laughs> not like that. Hold on a minute. But you see, you see the kind of uh, the, they're alive. Their eyes are kind yeah, of wide thinking, eyed, and they're thinking, "This is what football." They're buzzing because if you if you take them to a normal match and they're sitting in, in a seat surrounded by people who are miserable, bitching and complaining, slagging off the players, they're going to go away and think, "Was that was that it? Was that football?" Yeah. But go away, even if you've lost, you go away and you take away that bit of atmosphere that you've experienced. Mm. And it makes me feel like a kid again. You know, it makes me feel like I'm a fucking teenager again and I go to football and I'm having a fucking laugh. At, at that moment, <clears throat> it's kind of that feeling, that, that real buzz. And the only way that I'm getting that feeling at the Here moment and it goes around uh, the stadium is where the game is quite flat and we have a couple of shots at goal and it's like, yeah, get off your seat, come on Spurs. Yeah. It should be fucking from, that, from the yeah, off, man. man. It doesn't take a couple of shots that are nearly kind of a goal to get you off your seat. It's like, just get off your seat and go for it anyway, man, because that's what you're there yeah. to do, man. You're there to, to cheer are we the gonna get? Are we going to get back into that whole dis- argument about the semantics of how you support a 
Yeah. Football, we might as well just skip over that because... That's, what, bit, that's what I go... I mean, no, like, I, know. I love it, man. I know, but... I absolutely love it. But like, when I am off my seat and it's like... And I see everyone else getting off their seat and it's like, fucking come on, Tottenham. You know, you've got them on the fucking ropes here. Fucking do the finishing punch. Hadouken! <laughs> <laughs> fucking have him. Finish him. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just... I just I long yeah. for that feeling, and I, you know, just to, to take it throughout the game. I'd love it. But just building on what Ricky said, I think you should be coming to a game and releasing a lot of the tension that you have. A lot of the games Spurs play is tension because we're waiting for the team to ignite us and bring us into life. We should be from from kickoff. We should be just like you know getting behind your team and charging anyway. It's not and obviously, it's not it's not like that. You know, ideally, it would be, but. I just think, as, as me have ever said over and over again, it's better to have noise and shit chance than no noise and chatting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. And that's the alternative. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah, an, it, for many people, it's no longer an escapism. It's an entitlement for them. They turn up and they expect something, and if they don't get it, you know, they don't give anything back, and they walk away thinking, "Well, what the fuck was that?" Whereas I think there's still a few of us out there that just want to go. And, and immerse ourselves in, in, in what football was about once upon a time, which is like speaking with your mates, getting drunk, supporting your team, belonging to your team, and, and maybe watching them play well and win. I mean, I don't... I don't it's going to be the only example I have, but like harking back to the Champions League days, and when we, I couldn't even get up, like walk to my seat without it, it going off, of some, uh, some kind of song... Everyone standing up, scars, the proudness, everything, man. And I know, yeah, it's Champions League, but it's just like, oh man, that feeling, that yeah, but, feeling that I just, yeah, that. But that that feeling, I feel the exact same thing when I'm at, at, when with the Meat Pro last year, the Spurs are playing a team I've never even heard of, apart from the guys who committed loads of horrible murders in in that 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 city. I don't know why I've mentioned that. Two men, yeah, <laughs> two men, one hammer. That's it, yeah. Um, that, 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 when I came out of that, and Schalke, in the, the um, pre-season. pre-season friendly against Schalke, I came out with the exact same buzz. And the game mattered because that's the reason why we're there. But the, the experience I had inside the stadium, supporting the team in the way I want to support it, it was just, it was overwhelming. It was all encompassing. It was exactly what I want from going to a game of football, especially if I'm paying the money I have to pay. Um, and and that's that's the issue for me. I, I, I don't get the idea of going to a game as we do in the Premier League and just sitting down and waiting for Spurs to, to, to perform. And most of the time, even if we had a, a game like we, we did against Inter Milan in, in the Champions League, if we had that at home against... Southampton, for example, it wouldn't feel. You'd feel kind of. You'd probably get on a parallel or, or on a, there's a, there's a plateau. Yeah, a plateau, and you think, well, that's what we should be doing at Southampton home instead of just thinking, well, our team's played brilliantly and I've had an amazing experience with my fellow Yids. But the beauty of that Tanipo game was that we were a goal down from the first leg. We weren't really playing well, and we went a goal down. I think it was two 0 overall. And we just roared, mm. and that's and for example, I think against Inter Milan at home, I think, I think it was two one. I think Eto scored, and it was a bit of a hush. Yeah. And then everyone, yeah, just, everyone yeah, just kind yeah, of, yeah. it was a bit of a, you know, did everyone kind of raise their voices? That's what it should be like every game. Well, if you if you need to know what that game was like, and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the the videos on YouTube of Spurs singing "Oh When the Spurs" against uh, Inter Milan, yeah. it, it's incredible. That I mean, that atmosphere. And that's not something 1882 can ever recreate because that was a combination of us being in the Champions League, playing the champions yeah. of Europe, 
and having some amazing footballers on show and then it just kind of spilling out into the stands and as a unison as a, as a unit the fans were together and singing I'll win the Spurs yeah. which is a fucking brilliant uh, chant yeah it's it's, it's it was, it was, Come-worthy. It is. It's, it is. It's, it's insane. It is. It's, it's something you can't describe, and to be a part of that, to be there and experience it is it's unfathomable. It's something you can't put into words. It's just. It's like the best sex you've ever had, but you're having it with 36,000 other people, and everyone's coming at the same time. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Tantric. <laughs> it is tantric, absolutely. Um... Okay, so Ian N seventeen E A N N seventeen on Twitter. He says, uh, "Could you see eighteen eighty two playing a pivotal role in creating atmosphere in the new stadium, uh, own area, or singing section?" It would sound a bit egotistical if I said yes, yes, yes. It would all hinge on eighteen eighty two being there or not. But I think it would go a long way towards towards creating an atmosphere in a sense that people would gravitate towards a block where singing, where people can sing without being told to sit down and a restriction. So I think something of that ilk does need to be in a new stadium for an atmosphere to, to happen. I think um, United are trying uh, in... Singing section. No, no one likes that, that term, do they? I, I think City uh, have also got a section for their more kind of noisier fans. Um, I think... I think stadiums up and down the country are kind of trying to accommodate or trying to put people in blocks where where they think they'll be most vocal. So, obviously, in the new stadium, if there was a part where people would go to sing for the shirt, then it would be most welcome and everyone would want to sit there, man. Why would you not want to sit yeah. there? I mean, there's been whispers of um, approaching a tipping point in that the atmosphere in England doesn't what it what it should be and what it was known for. And I think, you know, obviously the dreaded word singing section are going to become more prevalent in, in, in England, in English grounds. Well, the whole the safe standing thing, though, is, 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 is there's a bit of movement on there compared to where it was like a few years ago when yeah, we first yeah, started completely. doing it. So, I mean, that, that might, we might still be five years away from it or, 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 or whatever and it's only ever going to be one particular stand again but but we're never going to go back to, uh, to, uh, to stadiums in this country where the entire stand is completely actually think, you know what we might it yeah. might be 20 years time but it might happen the irony of all this is actually the, the supporters movements are coming out of a insipid atmosphere within grounds throughout the country and clubs are now working with supporters that want to create this atmosphere because of the situation that they've created so it, 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 is, it is ironic now that Spurs are working with us at 1882 and other clubs are working with their supporters group to create an atmosphere Man United giving them a support well, they, they recognise that there's, there's a need for this and there's people that want it it, so. sells, it sells the products and that's, that, that's some of the irony involved because we're, we're by doing something like 1882 or the Green Brigade at, at, at uh, Celtic and Homesdale Fanatics at uh, Crystal Alex. Palace they're in a sense making their club more saleable to foreign markets and that isn't an issue but it is an issue if it continues and, and um, sustains a model that enables prices to go up. I just up. had this vision. Well, that's what I was just about, just about to say. I mean, um, that's a difficult it's, it's, one. It's, it's ironic because we want to do Europa League 
What, what did the Europa League games for? I've got to stop thinking. I've, I've got to stop thinking about it. Can you, can you imagine where it's the, the roles reversed? Like uh, in England, for, for gigs, you get the shitty tickets at £15 where you're standing. Yeah. The seating is like 30 quid, and now the roles reversed of like, you pay £100 to stand, <laughs> yeah. and to sit down, you pay 15 if, the, if, if a club could do that, then they would, and that's the way football's yeah. gone. It's a, it's a shame. No, that's exactly the way it's gone. I mean, um, Europa League tickets have gone up 25%, yeah. and we were asking people to come and sing for the show. Sure, we're being charged more money. It puts us in a bit of um, yeah. Puts us in a bit of a quandary. We, how do we, we, we deal with that sort of thing? We, we're, we're against ticket prices rising. We've been asked every other week we should do Premier League games, but then do we ask? Do we ask you to pay fifty five quid to stand in block thirty five and sing? It's a bit. Well, a lot of well, people, is, it's a bit unfair. The, I remember last doctor when he was on the podcast a while back, Mark, and, and he mentioned how in the new stadium, perhaps having a stand where. Um, it, they allow kids in for 15 quid, something ridiculous if you're under the age of 16 to, to not generate a new fan base. But Spurs fans that would have to go with their dad, then their dad would have to spend 150 quid, 200 quid to take his family. These boys can go in this particular stand and they can, they can, they can experience football the way it should be, not sitting on their arse on the seat. Mm. And then p- potentially cutting the prices a little bit to encourage people that do go to 1882 and do want to stand. So there's, there's got to be a balance. But the vision I had earlier was that Spurs copyright 1882 and, and sell it as a product. Well, we've been T-shirt. There's a question at the end. There's a question at the end. We'll deal with that. But Spooker's point reminded me of Zock's article in, in the fanzine. That, you know, when as a teenager, you know, teenagers would be encouraged to go to games and, and, and support the team. Now you look around the ground and people are in their 30s and they're earning, and they're in decent jobs in the city and we should be engaging the younger fans. I'd imagine that the average age at, at Tottenham is probably, I would say, upwards of 30. Yeah, at the very least. Um, OK, so, uh, but to, 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 to answer your question, Ian... Um, we're in a good position, given our relationship with the club, to if there is going to be some sort of section at the new stadium for us to to sit in to to kind of control how that might work, the name of it. Um, the ideal thing would be that people organically understand that this area or wherever it may be would be where vocal support sit, and um, that we can drop the name eighteen eighty two. It's not necessary. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, that's that's the aim. The aim is that eighteen eighty two doesn't need to exist anymore. Well, some of the criticism come in is that, that eighteen eighty two is a way to promote the fighting cock and the, the stuff we do, which isn't true at all. Um, it's for the greater good. Genuinely, if if there's a section in in dearmrlevy.com, yeah, <laughs> if, if there's a section in in the new stadium where people congregate who who want to be vocal then we will never, ever mention the name 1882 ever again. It won't be necessary. I think the point of it is that we had to it had, give it a name of course we and did. do something in order to generate a, a buzz about it. Because if we didn't, what, what, what would there be? There'd, be, a de- there'd be absolutely nothing to be talk- to talk about. Mm. The atmosphere would just de- continue to degrade because no one would be able to sort of no. Gather together and look, uh, look at the fucking Dnipro game. Who will talk about that game again? I mean, it sounds, a bit ego- it. it sounds a bit egotistical to say it's just down to eight and eight. But I'm saying there are some games that, are, that have that have created memories for some people. Like for example, the Maribor game. People remember that game, mm. and I think I if, hate that game. 
Because <laughs> you weren't, because you weren't with us, or you well, weren't? I was in block thirteen. You lot were in J, and you lot were having a fucking wicked time above me, and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could so, just watch. Yeah, but you was at Arsenal, and I wasn't. So <laughs> there you go. Swings and roundabouts. It was at Underhill. I wasn't even there. Oh yeah. Oh my oh, god, that, that was would, amazing. That was fucking insane. Sorry, Next you. question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, uh, Trunk asks an excellent question. Because- Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Skip. Uh, he says, what, uh, what circumstances would drive each of you to leave Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and embrace uh, a new club called FC Hotspur? Uh, would it be a uh, Man City, PSG, Monaco, Chelsea-type takeover, the 39th game being played in the States or wherever it might be, a change of kit colour, or or would it just never happen? I think just quickly. All of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and until until one of those things happens, because it's all right when you compare um, like Man City and Chelsea, and you, and you look at other clubs and the way they run, and you say, "I'd never be happy." If Spurs did that and achieved success off the back of that because it's not organic or it doesn't feel real. It's it's kind of been players have only signed for that club because the money was there. Mm. Like what Chelsea did with Mourinho and whatever else. But until you actually, until that actually happens, you don't know how your heart's going to react to it. Mm. But the way I feel now, and some of the disconnection that I felt over the last ten years, maybe I don't. Yeah, I think one of those things could. I mean, the the, the 39th game thing is more about Tottenham. It'd be more about Tottenham. It'd be about the way the games change, and the game is 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 it's almost like this is no longer Spurs. This is a brand. It's expanding out to make more money. But you feel like that already, uh, I do. Yeah, no, but that's my point. I think the way I feel at the minute, I, I, if one of those things happen, it could push me to the point where I, I care less, even though I can't imagine that because I love Tottenham's history. Is it, it's so it's so it's so much part of my life in terms of the players and and the games. That I, I mean, I've, I've, obviously everyone knows my I'm in exile. I mean, I gave up my season ticket because the last last few seasons I haven't been able to go to many games and the games I go to now the 1882 games and that is my connection to the club and I go to Premier League games on the occasion when I can get a ticket and I look around and I actually don't feel like I'm and it's not because I haven't gone regularly I look around and I don't like half the people that are there mm. and I don't like what and I don't like the, the way the club's direction I mean there's a million things that's wrong with football and you could say well you, just, you know just shut the fuck up and enjoy the football but I can't even do that yeah so it, I do feel disconnected. And I think the 39th game would, would, would make me rethink a lot. I think for me, if I if I kick colour became red, that would probably be the tipping point for me because a PSG-type takeover is fairly inevitable. Mm. And the 39th game isn't, isn't really an indication of Tottenham, it's an indication of the modern game as a whole. Um, the thing of FC Hotspur that they'll encounter, they'll encounter the problems that FC United do. The higher the levels you go, you're going to say, "Well, we'll pay you this much to televise your game." You can say, "No, we're going to keep kick off at Saturday, three o'clock." Mm. But if this much money keeps you in business, then what? The, what, what, what do you do? You get to a point where you've got to compromise, but the, compromise the, your principles. But with FC United, it's still owned by the. Even though they have to compromise their principles, as they will inevitably have to do, yeah. unless they refuse promotion. Fundamentally, still owned by the by the by the fans, and and that that would be okay. I think. No, 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 no. Of course, I think I think there might be a trend of clubs being owned by their fans anyway. I mean, Brentford, for example, are owned by their fans. But yeah. for me, to answer this question, I think it, I think the if we wore if we wore red and white, I think that would probably tip me over the edge to fuck it off. Mm. 
I think with <clears throat> the takeover thing, it's like it's uh, it's happening with a lot of clubs. Whether you're PSG or Man City, and they're kind of have to millions into it. Or, or, or whether you're Cardiff or Hull, and you've got a maniac owner that wants to change the mm. name. So you so you can be like, oh, okay, this, this is happening to everyone. I, I can deal with that. Thirty uh, ninth game, everyone will be involved. So you can say, yeah. I'll deal with that because every fucker's involved. Mm. And then when you get to the change of the kit colour, if, if it if it went to red, that's obviously a big no-no, but then if they went to a kind of an off-white colour, you'd be like, oh, maybe I can accept that. But fair, but these, <laughs> these are just examples. Yeah, they, they, yeah, these are examples. But the one thing that really hurt me... Really, really hurt me, and I, I wouldn't give my season ticket oh, no, for nothing. It's when they changed... Um, but uh, yeah, chirpy, in it. That's exactly. It. <laughs> Do you know what I was about to say? <laughs> but no, it's uh, the uh, move to Stratford, yep. where I, I literally was like, mm. okay, something's come up here, and it's not a case well, of you know sw- swallowing the pill and then going along with it. It was like, I, I literally cannot. I, I will not, and I cannot do this. And- I mean, that, that's a perfect bridge into, into going back to what I, I was um, not really articulating really well uh, about five minutes ago, was that Tottenham is memories. It's the memories that you have as a supporter going to games, and it's the memories that, that have built the club, like players, the type of football, the, the silverware, the cup finals. And it, it's also bricks and your journey into the stadium and the floodlights and the burger vans and whatever else. All that kind of stuff, all the physical stuff... Kind of blends into all the, all the actual the actual football. I mean, if it was just about football, like it was when I was a kid growing up, going to Tottenham in the late eighties and, and, and through throughout the bloody nineties, you you you, you <laughs> kind of you, you know it was only about the football. Whereas now, I think so much of what we talk to, talk about is the politics and the finan- and the financial stuff. And and what I think is happening with the Stratford thing is a perfect illustration how they have taken a club. That, that belongs to the supporters, really. I mean, it's we are the, the, the club. We make the club. But they take the club and it becomes a vessel. It becomes a, uh, it becomes a, a, like a financial bubble for the people that own it to make more money. And they mm. could argue, oh, but but without us doing this... You won't have success. You won't have success. Yeah. We're doing it for your benefit. Yeah. And, yeah, of course yeah, yeah. we're going to make money out of it because we're an investment company. But I, I think within that, I, I think maybe we got to the point... Maybe we got to the point where football has, has reached a tipping point where I'm going to fucking fall off the edge because it's not for me anymore because it's this turning into something that, that wasn't what I fell in love with. In it's all- like a girlfriend that you've had for 20 years and she won't do anal anymore. And it's like, well- <laughs> <laughs> in order to, 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 to save football, there needs to be a shift in mind, mindset amongst supporters. And we still have the, the ability and numbers and influence to do this. And it's it's very simple. It's... Success isn't important. Your club is important. How successful they are isn't an issue. They will be successful. There will be times of absolute glory that you wouldn't be able to quantify or understand or be able to articulate to someone who doesn't understand football. But you'll have that. But forget about top four. Forget about Champions League. Forget about your club being, having to do that. Having to do those things. That Those aren't important. The, the things that are important are your history, your tradition and everything you remember and the things you can pass on to your kids. And as soon as 
fans start to think in that way instead of thinking well we need to raise ticket prices by £10 a ticket so we can keep Gareth Bale or whoever it may be just think Bale was great he was here for a time off he goes someone else comes in but it's still Tottenham Hotspur or it's still Barnet or it's still fucking Brentford or Leighton Orient whoever it may be less input less less emphasis on success and more emphasis on just loving your football club for what they are and everything they've given you the only way this happens is if FC Osprey happens. Yeah. Now, look at Barcelona, for example. They said, we will not allow a sponsor on our shirt ever. And then Real Madrid have the Galacticos. How did they keep up? Got to abandon their principles and have a sponsor on their shirt. Um, they pay, I don't know, in the and them lot, hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah. a week and whatever. And Spurs are the same. I don't think Spurs will ever be the utopia that Flav has just said, sadly. No, of course not. And we're getting to a point where if we do fall away from the top four too far, we will take action. And I would love Pochettino to be given the time to build a team, build a, build, build a legacy, so to speak. But I'm at a point where I'm just so um, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm just so so scarred that even if he does do well, he's going to fuck off anyway. Okay, to to, to answer the question for, for, from my perspective, I, I, if we were bought out by uh, some sort of billionaire who had loads of money, as long as it happens before Arsenal and we can finish above them, I can yeah. I can I can deal with it. Um, the change of the kit colour, no, that, I mean that could never happen. Change of name, that's as bad as. Stratford, really. Ultimately, yeah. the only thing that... I, if we moved into another borough or, or, or to Stratford, as it could have happened, then I would have worked or found someone to set up a new club in Tottenham. That would be the only only thing that I could actually think of doing. And I still have daydreams when I'm on the W3 bus down White Hart Lane going past Harringay Borough Club. <laughs> Uh, we'll uh, buy you cancel uh, and stop you. Looking down at them and... Uh, and there's a tiny little stadium and it's on White Hart Lane it's on White Hart Lane uh, on the actual road and thinking that would be the perfect setting for FC Hotspur but it would need a common denominator it would need Mm. something that enough people felt strongly about in order to leave Tottenham and that would be an action uh, leave Tottenham Hotspur and that would be an action by by the owners who have done something not in the best interests of everything we hold dear about the club it, I mean, like going back to the FC Hotspur, if, if that was to ever happen, I couldn't see myself going to to watch FC Hotspur because that it's not Tottenham. It's not Tottenham. Yeah, and it would. But be, what would you do the, though? Because yeah, what well, was taken away from I'd you? I'd fucking spend time with my family. <laughs> I'd have to do that. I'd actually have to sit and face and talk to them. I'd have to get off my iPhone, get off the forums, get off Twitter. And have to fucking talk to them, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question on this section. It's gone on for ages. Um, uh, Rico Suave says... Uh, that's on Rico Twitter. Suave. <laughs> Rico Suave. R-I-C-O-S-U-A-V-E. Says. Suave. Says. Um, he says, when will the 1882 flag become available in the club shop? Never. Next question. <laughs> Probably will. The question is whether we'd, we'd commercialise 1882. No. I think we talked about it before. Don't, we, they, don't they hold all the... Uh... Yeah, well, 1882 is a date, isn't it? They can't trademark, can they? They probably can. They've, well, tra- they've got 1882 range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got the 1882 range in the catalogue. They've also trademarked the word Tottenham, so cafes and stuff can't open up using the word Tottenham in the area of Tottenham. <laughs> That's true. They may get permission from the club to do it, but they can't do it without that permission. Excellent. Um, from our perspective, I, I, in order to answer this properly, is that we can't. We would never ever make money off of eighteen eighty two. We we 
we've people have come to us saying, uh, "Oh, well, I'll make you T-shirts," and um, uh, people have been talked about making films about Ian eighty two and selling it to television and, and that kind of thing. It's not something we're interested in. It's not something we'd ever do. Um, Can we not make a like little bit of money and like pay for like bitches and whores and? Drugs and we'll make money other ways. Uh, that's what you want. We don't need money for that. We're, we're yeah. the well, yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> got carried away there again. We would never sell the 1882 brand to do all the things that you just said because that's against that's objective. Yeah, I, mean. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's something we're not interested in doing. Clearly, never. Um, yeah, okay, so that's it from the 1882 segment of the podcast. It went on for much, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed talking about it. It was actually, you don't. Being involved in it and and kind of setting it up, you sometimes don't realise what it, it actually is about. Um, but it, it makes me sad and happy at the same time. Yeah. Well, maybe Esteras will uh, <laughs> will kind of reignite the flame. Hopefully. Come along. You might find out, Rick. I just have to have, have sex to be happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, quite poignant. <laughs> Give me uh, three weeks, I'll let you know. All right, so uh, to finish this week's podcast, actually, we've got two more questions, but not about Ian 82. We'll do them quite quickly because uh, this has run on a little bit longer than it should. Um, uh, not getting Yedlin to join in the summer despite question marks over Walker. Was this a mistake? This no. Kevin Jones from Facebook. It's not whether it was a mistake or not. No, it wasn't a mistake. He's very raw, and I don't. I think he may oh, well baby, have. I, like I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have started. Oh baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, yo, shimmy, yo, shimmy. Give me the mic and I'll take it away. Anyway, we couldn't have bought him. We didn't have a work permit. He doesn't have a passport. He he isn't. It wasn't valid. He's getting a Latvian passport, isn't he? Something. So he's he's desperate to sign in in January, and he's going to Latvia. Probably happen. What worries me is like the same thing that happened with Lewis Hopley. We signed him earlier because of injuries, and not. And then he was kind of brought in and. Okay, in the end, he, he didn't turn out to be that great of a player, but you almost feel that if he'd come in under different circumstances and developed a little bit, whereas he came in, he was just thrown into the deep end, run on the pitch and do something. Utility man, play in that position, play in that position. Okay, fair enough. This guy can play uh, right, left, left, he's a right back and he can play right midfield as well. Yep. He's very, very fast. That worries me simply because. You yeah. run too fast up the field and yeah, can't get No, back. man, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, Forrest Gump just straight out of the stadium <laughs> up the high street. But, <laughs> but our expectations as, as fans, they get, you know, you're going to have half the people uh, berating him before he plays a game because because the other half have got such high expectations. Because you know the way our support's so fragmented. Mm. You, you you can't just look at a play and think, "Oh, let's see what happens." You either got to fucking love him like he, like obsessively. Or you got you got to dislike him because well let's see what he does then or just let him be yeah just let him be just stand right, in the right, middle let him be all right um, yeah I mean but to answer the question is the re- it wasn't anything to do with a club or it wasn't anything to do with a decision that was made it was uh, the law that got in the way of Yedlin signing I'm not saying he would have been signed in the summer maybe we would have lent loaned him back to Seattle but the fact is he's a kid he's, he's a kid he's a kid but also he. The law dictates that he wouldn't have been able to sign in the summer. He wasn't. He wouldn't have got a work permit. Oh. So there's no answer. Oh, okay. there's, there's nothing to answer really. It, it wasn't yeah. a mistake by the club. Couldn't have happened. All right. Uh, this is quite a long one, and I've had four beers, and I don't want to read it. 
I don't. I don't even understand the point of this question. I'm struggling with it to be honest, but I know it's good because it's from my mate Benny. You know Benny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from him. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you haven't known him for years. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, give yeah, him yeah. some props. You know he got yeah, married. He's all, yeah, he's all the way he knows. He got married fucking years ago. No, just just say congratulations. Congratulations, a couple <laughs> of years ago. What am I fucking taking directions <laughs> from you, you cunt? Go on, T. If you're in need of a sit-down and are presented with three available cubicles in the gents, do you go to one on either side or pick the middle trap and go big dog? <laughs> Obviously, taking a left or right one is a done thing, as other patrons are likely to do the same, leaving a vacant cubicle in between you both. However, if you decide to go big dog and you're sat there with trousers draped around your ankles... It is convincible to shout, welcome to the real world, kid, <laughs> if someone walks in. What is the panel's preference? My friend and I decided that Deborah Meaden from Dragon's Den goes big dog. The same question can apply for urinals, if shitting in urinals is your thing. I, I, I know what he's saying. When you go, into, um, you go into a toilet in a pub or a club and there's a guy in the middle and there's, only, there's five cubicles and he's in the middle one, you take the furthest away yeah. from yeah, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah, yeah, taking yeah. the piss. If you took the one right next to him... He's going to think you're weird. Or he's going to think, like, you want to talk about cock sizes or something like that. So, yeah. so you always go always go furthest away. Absolutely, 100%. I've never had a poo in a pub a pub or a club in my life, I don't think. Shut I've, up! I've never. I've, I've done it in a pub. I, I'm a one-a-day one guy. Yeah, yeah, you are, actually. Yeah, so sometimes one every two days. And people have said that ain't healthy, but I think it is healthy. I'll tell you what, since... Vegetarianism for me. That's right, mate. Since I've changed my diet, man, the amount of phantom shits I've taken have kind of been on the increase. Are these the poos no, that no, you can't, you don't need to wipe and then... Well, you go for a wipe and it's fuck all there. It's just, and then the bowl, they're gone. Yeah, just... Well, the bowl is still there. That's, the phantom is when there's no shit there, isn't it? No, yeah. no. Have you, have you ever had a ghost poo? Like a real I've ghost had, poo? I've had, I've had, I've had, So yeah. you look down, no, there's nothing in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wipe, nothing on the towel. It's like you haven't done the poo and then you're confused. Yeah, nothing exactly. on the towel, you wipe your ass with your towel. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> weird, mate. Paint he drives his face on that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unnecessary. <laughs> Sorry, Flo, that was mean. Up. Well, it was a bit mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah t- t- talking about answering the original question. Sorry, go on, yeah. Um, it depends what, what door is the closest to you because if you walk in and you've got trap one on your left, trap one on your right, and then you've got the middle big dog, I would always go for the one furthest away because everyone else is going to go to the nearest one and you don't want to go and sit yeah. on the toilet. That's kind of warm. A lot of skids down there already. Oh, God. So you, go, you, go, you go for the furthest one away that no-one's going to walk to. Do you there's you any... walk the extra mile. <laughs> Do you reckon there's any people in the world that don't even think about it and they just go into whatever one they want to? If you've got to go, you've got to go, isn't it? No, no, but no, you, got, you, you still you, can go to the yeah, furthest one away. yeah. I don't know. Do you remember that time in Borderline where we went in the cubicle together, Rick? <laughs> yeah. I did what? Do we, do we want to know? Well, we end up getting kicked out. It weren't, it weren't mutual blowjobs. <laughs> it was other things. Yeah. I, I'm not a big dog answering the question. Yeah, no, nor am I. I, I. I want the most socially acceptable situation possible. And if that means... I, I, I won't poo. I won't poo in a, in a pub. I don't want come, someone coming in and smelling my poo. I don't want that. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm proud of it. Proud of it. You're proud of it. I'm proud of just destroy the cubicle. I'm proud of it. No, the, 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 when I get, if I if I go for a turnout at work, 
Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll wait and I can hear people like knocking about and washing their hands, going for a piss, wait for it's deadly silence so then I can walk out afterwards. And then if someone walks in, like if someone's in there and you come out from having a turnout, yeah. it fucking stinks. They go, oh, there's Ricky shitty. Yeah, yeah. There, there's <laughs> that geezer that fucking does those rotters. <laughs> there's no one there, no one knows it's you, it's all right. I'll t- tell you what, if I've just had a dump at work and I've got a cubicle and someone walks in and walks out, I'm like, yeah. Done my job. <laughs> <laughs> I was in I was in B and Q yesterday uh, buying some. What are you doing in there? Oh, my dad! My dad don't drive anymore, does he? Because he's with his zip. But he um, he took me. Uh, he goes, can I? Can you take me to B and Q? I was like, yeah, all right, dad. I'll take you to B and Q. What do you need? A bit of sharp sand, a little bit of cement, some white spirit, black bin liners, and uh, he was walking around, and uh, all I was. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? What's that? He goes, that's nothing, son. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I went, it was walking along, and went, and he turned around. I was, I didn't say anything that time. He went, you smell that. <laughs> you only wish you could do that. <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, Dad, what are you doing? I came out of your slug-like penis. <laughs> and this is what you're bringing to the world. He's cracking up. I was hoping he'd had a turnout at a demonstration toilet. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was our thought too. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, okay, that's it from the Fighting Cup podcast. A bumper episode, actually. That is, and how long was that? that? Uh, that was 1880 poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably about a minute, for, uh, an hour 40. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, yes, 1882, buy a block 35 SRS. Uh, the fanzines are on sale, the fightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, we've got t shirts for sale. We've got. Download the app, motherfucker! Free apps to download for whatever phone you have, more or less. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Nice Luke. one. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, really, is it, uh, you're not in. You're not next week, week after. Okay, excellent. T, thanks for coming down once again. As ever. Good evening. Ricky, <laughs> it's always lovely to have you here. We're going to be on the same same one next week. Oh, after yeah. 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 Boom! <laughs> you didn't see this, but they, they touched. His hairy knuckles touched mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like hitting a cushion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine, cock done. Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the Podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.